Hi, this is Brave Men. I'm Paul Lewis Cole. And uh, with me today is uh, my friend Rod Jones. And uh, Rod, we were talking a little bit ahead of time about America, where you and I live, right? And, uh, and I mentioned to you a stat. When the Constitution was written, when America was founded, the United States of America was founded, 83% of the people in America did not go to church. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that they didn't have one or like, like they were under attack or something, you know. They didn't go. 17% of America was church. So, so they had access to a church. Yeah. It wasn't like they were like out on the prairie and they couldn't get their wagon far enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like they opted not to attend. Yeah. And so we, right now, in our culture, we've got a lot of freaked out people that America is going to hell because we were a Christian nation <laughs> and now we've been de-Christianized. So I want to talk about that today. You are an expert in this stuff. And even if you're not, we're going to treat you that way today <laughs> because, because you're in a podcast. So you have to be. Otherwise, it's like stuff on the Internet. It must be true. I heard it on the interweb somewhere. Yeah, I heard it on the, the World Wide Web. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, heard it on a podcast. So uh, Rod Jones is with me. It's going to be a great time. I thank, uh, thank God you're here, Rod, and that uh, our friend is listening right now. You're listening to Brave Men. It's Brave Man with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Rod Jones, you know, it's R-A-W-D. How come the Jones isn't like with a Z? Why didn't he just go all out? I could have. I should have. Maybe you know put a mean? number in there or something. Yeah. <laughs> like the E should have been a backwards three. You know why that's, it's easy because uh, Elon Musk was not my father. That's why we know uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk was not your dad. Yeah, well, he's done pretty well in the dad compartment. I don't know if he's a father, but he's mm. dadded a bunch of kids. And he's got those weird names going. So He's got all those names going, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there was Frank Zappa with Dweeble. Wasn't that his son's name? It was. It was yeah. Dweezel? Dweeble? Dweezel? Yeah, one of those. And Moon Unit. Moon Unit, yes. <laughs> yeah, who ended up? She was a musician. She ended she up was. doing a bunch of stuff with all the people from... Uh, Sepulveda, Boulevard, all that uh, crew. Crazy. Uh, what was that valley? You know who I'm talking San about. San Fernando Valley? Yeah, that San Fernando, and then there was the valley uh, that was uh, Mulholland, all that stuff. All those groups, the Eagles and all those guys all started at the same oh, time. Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Brown. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know she was involved in that. Interesting. Yeah, she was all in that stuff. Okay. Zappa was in there. He had a studio that I think Dylan used at one time. Yeah, so uh, half the guys listening right now are going, we have no idea <laughs> who you're talking about. Maybe the Eagles. Uh, my parents used to listen to the Eagles. Yeah, my parents. <laughs> my grandfather used ooh, to have that on all the ooh. time. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, so here's the stat. You know, are we losing America? I mean, it, it's, we do know 40 million people have de-churched, Okay. Since the mid-90s. That's the stats that just came out. Uh, Kerry Newhoff, uh, Kent, what's-his-face, all these guys coming out. Some, you know, it's a big study, okay? Uh, and we've lost 40 million people out of the churches of America. And that's in general, churches. So that's everything from Catholic, Evangelical, Methodist, Pentecostal, the whole crew. Right? Everything, sure. So, are, is is America being de-Christianized? 
maybe. I, I, I maybe want to push back on some nomenclature. Okay. Um, you yeah. know, like, are we being de-discipled? You know, mm. I think that might be a, a conversation that, that would be a different one that we could maybe wrap our brains around or our theology around. Because what is a disciple? And if, if a disciple falls away, I think that would create some alarm. Mm. But if, a, if an attender, a church attender falls away. Wow. Like, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like, what are the Christians? What are, you know, what are we, what are we classifying? So if, if we drop an attender, I mean, we don't want that. But I mean, because I think of inoculization. I think of how many church attenders are not really being given the full gospel, but just an inoculation wow. of the gospel. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. It is, um, have we, you know, here's another thing. And, and Rod Jones, you've got replenished ministries. I've been on one of your retreats. And uh, is this that thing? Will never be the same. Huh? Will yeah, never be the same. Yeah. Is this that thing where you do that uh, truth in advertising or something? And we go, I actually, if you listen to this, I'm actually doing this with somebody of, of which I enjoyed your retreat or something. Maybe. Or, or I get to go on another one now because we're doing a podcast? Paul, anything I have is yours, man. I'll, I'll send you the schedule. You just say, I want to go here, 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 and it's done. And uh, you've got an incredible ministry where you take dozens of men out on retreats. I mean, basically, it's soul healing. We talked mm. about that in a previous podcast, soul care, uh, particularly for pastors and uh, who, who uh, desperately need that in the culture in which we are in. So, okay, so let's come back to this. So... Maybe, maybe, and I heard this phrase, I mentioned it to you, that uh, maybe in order to kind of, you know, be relevant, maybe the church has moved a little bit to, uh, you know, uh, on Sundays or Saturday nights, we're Coldplay in a TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. That it's funny. <laughs> yeah. But, but the fact is, maybe we did that, and maybe what's unsticky now is that, mm. right? I mean, and do we want do we want to be a disciple? What does it truly mean to be a disciple, or do we want to just be a moral therapeutic deist? Ooh, ooh, Tim Keller. Yeah. So here we go. So the deal is, is that are we providing life hacks or life change? Mm, that's good, right? That's really good. Well, then, what what does separate us from the YMCA or a concert or a lecture or a TED talk? Like, mm. where's the power of the gospel, and not just the gospel like of salvation, but where is where's the power for you and I? What was the power of the, of the church of the Book of Acts? Okay, what was it? What they preach? What they preach? Christ resurrected, resurrected, Holy Spirit, boom, resurrection, Nicene Creed, mm. like full on Jesus Christ, bodily, Son of God. Messiah, yeah. resurrected, uh, Paul, alive. I mean, that's power. Okay, I, there you go. And that's a demonstration, right? Power comes yeah, with, yeah. with a demonstration. I mean, are yeah. we supposed to rationalize people into being disciples? Mm. I mean, is that thing? Are we supposed to win a lecture? Or are, are we supposed to, you know, are we supposed to follow <laughs> people around? Why aren't you at church? You're never going to see Jesus to, if you're out we, here. Yeah, are we supposed to win on Facebook? Yes. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you what I'm against, and you can come to my church. Wow, that's fascinating, man. You know, uh, there, there was a church planter that, that I heard talking about these things. He said, uh, if you want to grow a church fast, talk about the political stuff you're against. Mm. He said, now, it may not last a long time. It may have a 10-year shelf life, right? Because things change. He said, but, but right now, 
if you wanted to grow it, you just start blasting stuff. People go, yeah, 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 I'm in, I'm in with that. Interesting. Yeah. Like, like I go to a church, my pastor doesn't talk about any of that stuff. What's he talking about? Jesus, discipleship, you know, righteousness. Mm. I don't know. It's a fascinating thing, isn't it? It is. And I, I keep going back to disciple. Like, what is a true disciple? And then thinking about, you know, world evangelization from that standpoint, like, we don't need to fill the churches with thousands of lukewarm, maybe Christians that, that would mm. walk at a pandemic or walk at a pastor's, you know, stance on this or that, because a disciple is a disciple of Christ, not a They're disciple in. of the church. They're just in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so if what things the... shake... They're still in. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. you're, you're, Judy's not going anywhere. Like no. you know, you get in a car wreck, or you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what would the numbers be like? Instead of saying we have, you know, I don't know the, the stats on how many people are church attenders these days. You know, hundred million. Who knows? Yeah. So you know, versus if we had twenty million disciples, and each one of those disciples, twenty million, led mm. one person to Christ in the following year. Just one. Wow. And then we got 40, and then they do that again. And so in five 80. years, what yeah. are the numbers? Yeah. It's I, exponential. I mm. Yeah, well, you can't go five years because we can't, you and I can't do that just sitting here. <laughs> yeah, but you can go two years maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the fact is, is that it's, it's kind of like I remember when uh, Gary Clark was pastoring the Hillsong Church in London. And the church, I think, he, you know, when Gary took over and it was kind of, yeah, there had been a really great guy there, but nothing had really happened much. And then Gary took over. And he, he, as he said himself a number of times, I'm the last guy anybody would have picked. He says because I failed at pastoring twice, mm. and uh, but it was like the the presence of God just hit him, man. Stuff started happening. The church doubled, tripled, quadrupled, like in four years. And I remember somebody introduced him at at a conference. We were uh, we were in Peru. And he got introduced by a friend of his, not by uh, Robert Berger, the, the uh, conference host. But the, the friend introduced him. He says, Gary Clark, his church has grown from such and such to such and such. He said, in the next 10 years, all of us will be going to Gary's church. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you know? That's funny. It's just boom, boom, exponential. <laughs> you know? And he had a great run and uh, an incredible, incredible leader. But the fact is, that's not what happened. You know, life happened. Mm. Right. So uh, so should we be freaked out that churches aren't just blowing up and are some I mean, you work with pastors, you work with hundreds of pastors every month. You get phone calls, you get in their lives, you help them at some of their worst moments, mm -hmm. some of their best moments. You see great stuff happening. You see like flatlining happening. Should we be freaked out or is, where's the hope? I, the hope is in the individual. Like I think the, the, the pastors that we work with, I mean, everybody's got issues, but we work with some amazing humans Yeah. and that's the hope for me. Mm -hmm. Like doing church. Okay, fine. Like again, what is a disciple? Right. And so if we can pour into, and that's the take on replenish, we're not trying to do best practices of yeah. church. We're not trying to do church growth and consulting. We just want to make sure that the pastor is healthy. Their soul is healthy and that they're leading from the overflow. And if they're doing that, you know, if your soul then is healthy, then there will be growth. There, there absolutely will be. Yeah. So I think that's when the discipleship comes in because you see the yeah. power. Like, hey, Paul, I've seen you change. Like, man, mm -hmm. you just, what are you doing? Well, I'm just reading my Bible and praying and, you know, leaning into the power of God. Like, that, yeah. will, that will grow. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's it's that stuff's fascinating. A disciple. So, you know, if if I want to put it in terms that that, you know, where we live in one sense is that did did you know if you work out, uh, which you do, I know uh, if you work out three hours a week. okay. so I'm not saying it's easy. It's about three hours in a week. okay. do you know you'll live 10 years longer than the average person? Isn't that crazy? Three hours 10 a week. years longer by working out and you'll have a better life, right? In other words, you're, you're a little bit healthier. You, you don't have as many balance issues. You're not falling when you're 75 years old all the time because you, you know, you're unsteady. You got a strong core, all that kind of stuff. So did you know that, that we know that stat? Okay. So that stats out there. If you work out, uh, three hours a week, okay. You'll live 10 years longer than the average person. Now, you know how many people do that <laughs> that are in their 40s? Two out of 10. Wow. 20% is not good. No, no think about that. No that data. Think about eight out of 10 people go, eh, eh, it's, I don't know. Eh, it's a little hard. It's a little difficult. Dude, you know, <laughs> you, know you only have to walk around a few times, uh, you know, at an outdoor mall or a mall or whatever, where there's gatherings of people let's say, or church service to go, you know, if you really start looking and go, you know, I think there's a lot of overweight people. Mm. Okay. Now I got friends of mine that have real issues with trying to lose weight. It's a difficult thing for them. Metabolize them, whatever. So I understand that guy's struggle, but the vast majority of us that are a little bit overweight or slightly overweight or moving into the 30% overweight, which is obesity, which is half of America now. That's great. Um, you know, we, all we need to do is just change a few things in our lifestyle. Now think about this. You would live longer for your grandchildren. Mm. So I remember, in fact, it was Gary that, that first said this to me, and I, uh, Gary Clark, that same guy. And I remember uh, we were sitting eating something, and he had a really small portion. Everybody's eating these Peruvian steaks that came up from, probably from Argentina. I don't know. And so uh, we, and I looked at him. He had a small portion thing. I go, dude, what's up? He goes, yeah. You know, he said, I'm really trying to take care of myself physically. I said, ah, that's fantastic. He says, yeah, it's a gift to my grandchildren. Mm, that's solid. Dude, I go, do you have grandchildren? He goes, I got one now. So we're going to have more. Hmm. I want to be around. I don't have any grandkids, and I'm going to start using that. Yeah, That's Bishop Dale Bronner, who's our chairman of our board for Christian Men's Network, he's talked about that. He's talked about it publicly, and we've talked about it privately. He wants to be around a long time for his grandchildren because grandparents make a difference, and for his great-grandchildren. And yet, we don't do it. So let's bring that back to discipleship. You know, 7% of the churches in America have an articulated pathway for discipling men. Seven? Seven. Not 70. Not 70, not one seven, not 17, <laughs> seven. Dude, what are we doing? We're, wow. So when we talk about, should we be concerned? Yeah, I think we should be. Do I trust Jesus? Yeah, I trust Jesus. Do I trust God? Yeah, I trust God. Do I believe the end result is a powerful, robust church? I believe when Jesus comes back, the bride, that's us, has put themselves in a place where they go, hey, here we are. 
And, and that's what's described in, in the revelation of Jesus Christ, a bride that is strong, overcoming by the power of the lamb and the blood of their, mm. by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony. Mm. So if that's true and we're not there yet, then I don't think Jesus is coming right now. Right. So we gotta and I also think that we're not at the place where we need to be and we will be, but where we're at right now, I don't think it's good, man. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, you know, you're the expert in this podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let me give you my expert thought <laughs> opinion, which is like, you know, it's free. So that's what you're going to get. Yeah, there you that's go. What it's worth. Um, I think, I think we have to do a lot of work to get ready, right? Mm. If, if Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle, and he's coming back for a, a beautiful bride, like we, we definitely got to get our stuff together because I don't think we're, we're set. I don't think we're going to get married. When, when, I, uh, when I travel, as you know, uh, with Christian Men's Network, and you're listening to a Brave Men uh, podcast that's sponsored by the Christian Men's Network and the Global Fatherhood Initiative uh, for tools and resources for discipling men, cmn.men, Christian Men's Network, cmn.men. And Replenish is R-P-L-I-N-I-S-H. yeah. No E's. Those replenish. So you just ease. dropped the E. Just dropped the E's. We tried to get valve free, but somebody already had it, so whatever. So, <laughs> so you kept the eyes. Kept the eye. Yeah, I remember when my professor, you know, in my doctorate program, Leonard Sweet. Uh, remember when the Wii, you know, was a was a big thing with, oh, the, sure. with the, the you know the game. Yeah, the nunchucks thing. So uh, he said, uh, we're such a narcissistic culture, we can't spell we without two eyes. <laughs> Still a great line. That's funny. That's Still funny. a great line. But anyway, Replenish is R-P-L-I-N-I-S-H, replenish.org. And um, that is a great thing if you're a pastor, leader, something to be connected with and to, to basically be there for a three-day soul care mm you know, uh, replenishing time, yeah. you know, just a time where you can just kind of take a deep breath. I know that's what you do. I think, uh, the one I was on, we went and shot some weapons. We did. Maybe. Yeah. That was pretty cool. We did some fishing. <laughs> that we, was we, pretty just cool. Just getting off, just getting it off was like, the regular, yeah. you know, routine is great. Get off the hedonic treadmill. Some might say, right. And just get out into like space and yeah, get out I with some other right. brothers and it's not, it's not yeah. rocket surgery. I recently yeah. saw me. Not rocket surgery. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's what they say in Canada. So to all our Canadian friends. So the fact is, is that, uh, okay, so when I talk about you being an expert, you meet with hundreds of pastors. So now let's come back to the discipleship thing. It, and, and the articulation, like I said, 7% of American churches have an articulated pathway to disciple a man. What does that mean to be a disciple? What does that mean to you? Now you're, you've been a pastor, church planter. Now you're leading dozens of pastors. You get a large organization, have a lot of impact. What does it mean to be a disciple? Uh, that's a great question. I think <laughs> here's a problem. Most churches might say, uh, you get a certificate of discipleship when you complete our growth path. When you show up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Show up. No, not just show up. You have to take growth path. So oh. that's going to take four Sundays after <laughs> service. So this literally will cost you, you gotta, four hours, you maybe get five through hours. Through four hundred one. Yes, yes. So I think that's a lot of times, and, and whether it's the the problem because we don't have specific men discipleship, mm. or we think discipleship is a program. 
I don't think discipleship is a program. I, no. I mean, you it's asked me for a definition. It is a process. And yeah. I, I have a definition from a long time ago. Feel free to push back. But I think it's recreating your life and the life of another. Okay. So if I disciple somebody, yeah. Jesus said a master will never be above his disciple. I mean, uh -huh. a disciple would never be above his master, right? Yeah. So you have to disciple somebody. All I can give is you. I mean, is me. All yeah. I can give you is me. If you want discipleship, I'm going to give you my my spin, how I how I pray, yeah. uh, how I worship, yeah. the, my theology. I'm going to here's you. how I live my life. Okay, yes. that's a disciple. So they walked with Jesus. They became disciples because they hung out with him, spent time with him. He taught them, but he also lived life in front of them. Mm right? Because uh, I think uh, I've seen some stats. It's anywhere from seven to 10 days is how many days we actually know of Jesus's life. Okay. So if that's the case, then there's this whole space. And then a lot of historians will tell us that when he chose the disciples, he already knew them. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know those guys. I've bought fish from them for the last 15 <laughs> years. Right. Or I know that guy, that's where I pay my taxes. Or I know that guy because he's been a he's come and helped my uh, family as a doctor. Or why did he move to Capernaum the minute his ministry started? Because he used to hang out there. Hmm. He knew people there. He knew it was a place of peace. He knew that Nazareth was not going to be a good place to base his ministry out of. Right? Makes sense. So, yeah, if you've been to either one and been to the ruins of Nazareth and you know where all that stuff is, it's like, you go, okay, well, that makes sense. Why would you not go live on a lake? Mm -hmm. Right? So now, that being the case, they watched him live. I think that is a great point. So why don't we disciple as pastors? Because we don't want people watching us live. Do you think that's part of that it? That could be part Rod? of it. Or I think, you know, we, we just, we sell out to the big numbers game. Right? Oh, like, I mean, why yeah. disciple one? You know, we said earlier, we could like, yeah. see the, the U.S. come to Christ in, you know, a couple of years. But we're like, oh, I can't just do one, only one. No, 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 no. We have to disciple a whole room full of people in our growth wow. path. We have to disciple more than one. I'm discipling, I'm discipling a hundred people at a time. That's yeah. your service. Oh, okay. I don't know. Because we're driven by feelings. Hmm. We are driven by feelings. Okay, so let's let's bring this to a place where it helps all of us live, which is uh, number one, uh, number one, be concerned, but don't be freaked out with what's happening with the church in the Western world. Let's just say the Western world, because I'm looking at stuff. I was just in Brazil and I mean, stuff is cranking. I was just in Indonesia not, not too long ago. And we've got a great teams there. I was in Vietnam. Uh, Indonesia used to be about 4% Christian today is over 30% followers oh, of Christ. Wow. That wow. was the largest Muslim nation on earth. They still have that on like the Indonesia government website, right? That's awesome. I'm looking at Brazil and I'm watching these churches just blow up. Incredible. We've got 9,000 Christian men's network men's groups meeting across the nation and it's growing. It's like with a bullet, right? And so I look at that and so I'm not freaked. And at the same time, I look at what's happening in schools, mm. education, politics, business ethics in America. And it's like, dude, this is jacked up, man. Mm. Something's right. So we should be concerned, but not freaked out. We know Jesus wins. But but how do we actually impact this? What, what do we do? You and I. And, and my friend who's listening right now on Brave Men, mm. what do we do, Rod? 
I would encourage men to take a stand, to get off the sidelines. We, we get comfortably numb. Right, we we sell out to like I'm gonna watch the TV and you know Saturday's and if our college re- football. And, and dude, if our remote is not where it's supposed to be, uh, <laughs> yeah, we freak out. Where is my life going apart? You know, Saturday's college football, Sunday's NFL. Like, where? I mean, really? That's your family yeah, time. Yeah, like, yeah. get off the sidelines, or you know, we're being lulled with uh, everything, like kids' sports or video games or whatever extreme hobbies or travel. Or right now we're in the big hunting season, so. Man, I mean, these are all great things and none of them are necessarily evil or wrong, but I, they keep us on the sidelines a little more than we should be. Yeah, we are a little bit more nuts, preoccupied. I'm, you're, boy, that's a good way to put it. We become numb to the fact that, that um, uh, things are not the way they're supposed to be in our culture. Right. Well, I mean, if we, if we feel like the tide is so strong against us. Yeah, we just go, yeah. We just check out, right? Yeah. So when you say take a stand, that means if you've got a 12-year-old son, where's he going on Sunday? What's he doing? Unless he got, you know, he might have travel sports. I understand that stuff. Sure. Okay? But I've got a friend of mine who uh, he said he, can't, he couldn't get his son uh, at 13 to go to church. I go, wait a, wait a second. He's 13, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. He has a choice? No, no he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't have a choice. But that starts when he's five and six. That's, that's right? where it has I mean, to start, right? The, 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 but he also has to watch his parents. So mm-hmm. now if his dad is like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm going to check out this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about actually, I'm talking about real life going to an actual community, you know, where you've got a church, you know, where you've got community and you got friends and you, and you dig in and you establish yourself. Uh, you know, when we talk about the D church, the churching of America, those stats I mentioned at the start, 10 million of those people, according to Kerry Newhoff and a couple of the guys have been on his recent leadership podcast, you know, 10, 10 million of those people, if somebody invited them, would be back mm, into church that fast. Because mm, mm. they miss the community, right? They miss the community. Yes. So, uh, so when you talk about taking a stand, what that means is, is in the little places, the small places. Like, yeah, we're not, we're actually not going to go do that. I got a friend of mine who, who, um, another friend I was talking to the other day, we were talking about, they want to take a trip as a family next summer. And he said, yeah, I'm kind of concerned that my 16 year old isn't going to want to go. You go, what? What do you mean they're not going to want to go? Make it a good trip. Yeah, they got stuff. They're going, no, here's the deal. First of all, you make it something awesome. Yes. Like it's compelling. Mm. Right. It's like, dude, we're, you know, it's going to be this and this. Oh. Not, so not visiting relatives and eating like stroganoff. Yeah, but if you are visiting casseroles. relatives, maybe you're going and hiking at <laughs> yes. a mountain. Yes. You know, and staying overnight on the mountain somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, or you're fishing this great stream that's nearby. Mm-hmm. You're still seeing the relatives, but you're doing something that's compelling, and that's what he and I talked about. And he said, "Yeah, I'm just that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it that kind of trip." So when you talk about stepping up, stand up. It's in those little things. And I also think it's uh, praying with your kids mm. about issue. Yes. Right? You know? Keeping, got keeping Christ relevant. Keeping the, the spirituality relevant. Not just something we compartmentalize on Sunday, right? Well, but like, well, as an example, you've got a daughter that you guys that moved away just recently. Okay. You helped move her. Yeah. And, uh, and crushing it, doing well, you know, mm. moving in on her career and stuff. Yes. It's really awesome. 
But if you hadn't set up a time of you guys over your life, you and your wife praying together, mm. she would never call you and say, Hey, can you pray over this with me? Mm. Yeah. She, that would never happen. But it does happen because. Well, let's get practical. It's let's, part of we, a normal life, normative. It's normal. Like, and what is, what is normal, right? So when yeah. you said take a stand, like let's take a stand for what's normal. Like is dinner with the family three oh, nights? Oh, come on, man. Three nights a week. Is that normal? Is that, is that okay? Can we do that? What about, what about a, a family, uh, you know, worship time? Not just, not just where you like, you know, elect to do church in your pajamas and not go on Sunday, but like, what if you just did a little podcast during the week and say, Hey, we're going to sit down for 10 minutes and we're going to get one little nugget and then we're going to talk about it. Like those are great family times yeah. or, or a purposeful road trip, you know, like, Hey, Saturday, we're going to drive, you know, we're here in Dallas. We're going to drive down to Waco and yeah. see Chip and Joanna, right? Like, Okay. So in my, in one of my journals, you know, you just reminded me of something in one of my journals here. It's uh, what you act on, you strengthen. Hmm. What you act on, you strengthen. So when you act on it, your, your children see it. I'm taking my 13 year old grandson on a road trip. He's going to be my associate evangelist. (laughs) Go down to David Bendetz and Corpus Christi with Colton and all our Fabian and all our friends down there. And, uh, but he's fired up, man. He's been like, you know, calling me going, Hey, or what time are we leaving? I said, well, you're going to miss a day of school. Awesome. (laughs) You know, and, and, uh, all that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So, so that's a thing where, you know, I'm looking at it going, okay, it, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but my prayer, cause I remember my kids going with my dad, right? And they were, <laughs> They remember negative and positive. They remember, yeah, that was cool, and this was a blast. And but overall, is high impact. Yeah. Right. So to stand up for something, right? When you're talking about stepping up, standing up, it's just practical, real world. We come home. Let's say, let's say you're working, you know, in an Amazon warehouse, and you're working ten hour days, man, and you come home. You come home tired. Yeah, dude. And here's what I tell guys: decompress before you walk in the door. That's good. You know, if you've got, if you're living in an apartment and your kids and it's a little bit crowded and so you kind of push them off going, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to chill for a minute, chill before you get there, Mm -hmm. chill before you get there, you know, stop for a minute and read a book for 15 minutes in your car or in your truck, just decompress. When you walk in the door, you belong to your children. And if you got two children, bam, 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 they each got 10 minutes of stuff. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, what if I don't feel like it? Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Agreed. Right? Doesn't matter. Because you just suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Agreed? Yes. Right? You well, you know, I want to talk about the, the, the extended family, because you brought it up with, with your dad. Yeah. Um, so there's the extended family, literally, and then there's the extended family, like, metaphorically, like, with neighbors and, you know, chosen family. Yeah, and there's also the the extended family in terms of you only see your kids, you know, two weeks a month, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I still think that thing holds true. Agreed. I think you have to live that in those moments. And what we have a tendency to do, uh, you know, fortunately, my wife and I have stayed married all our marriage. We, neither one of us were married before. But we have many friends who were, many friends who were on a second marriage and whatever. And one of the things that I've seen is that if you'll stay consistent, because what we, have, what, what we would have a tendency to do is try to make everything wonderful for, those, for that little boy, little girl, you're going to see, you know, for three days that week. And, and when they're with dad, man, we're going to make it awesome. It's going to be, there still has to be this consistency of this is how I live my life. 
right? And and sure, you may have an awesome time. You go swimming, in, you know, at, at a swim park or something. But then that night, you sit down for 20 minutes, like you talked about, and you go, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. We pray together. Mm-hmm. We pray together. And you know that thing you told me about the kid at school that beat you up? You know? Come pray over that guy. Yes. Yeah, and then you came back. Go, Dad. Can you pray fire down? You know, can you? Pray? Yeah. I want him smote. Yeah, I want him smoked. <laughs> smote him. <laughs> and you're like, well, I do too. But here's how we're gonna pray, <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that real life? I mean, that's where we really live, and that's what we have to like. You and I, and and those of our friends listening right now, there has to be a point in which. And, and this is where I pull myself up because David said this in the Psalms. He said, I, I stir up my own heart. In other words, he said, I tell myself, I stir up my own soul. I cause my soul to rise up and praise him. Mm. In other words, he said to himself, it's like Paul said to Timothy, he said, hey, stir up the gifts that's in you. He didn't say, I'm going to stir it up. He said, dude, you do this. Yeah, you yeah, take, it yeah. you. take it on you. So here's what I've had to do, Rod, a number of times. <laughs> It usually has to do with an extra dessert, okay? <laughs> usually it has to do with, with uh, like, I'll be on the road and I'll buy some stuff for the hotel room. And I know I just bought some crap. And I'll just go, and I'll say to myself, I'll go, you know what, PC? Somebody has to be the adult in this room right now. <laughs> and it's going to have to be you. <laughs> Seriously. And I'll take those malted milk balls that I bought. Oh, I love those. Oh, dude. That's my favorite. And, and I'll stick them off, put them in a drawer. I'll be like, you know what? I don't want to have to be the adult right now, but I'm going to have to be. So we have to do that with ourselves. In other words, if you're going to be the man that God designed you to be, you're going to have to make decisions against yourself. Hmm. Hmm. You're going to have to make some choices in which you are the recipient of the choice. Right? Right. That's what getting up. I mean, I got up this morning and I was like, God, I'm tired, man. We've had all these trips. I've traveled 19,000 miles. You know, it's like, okay. And uh, it's like, but I know I should work out. I know I should work out. Let me hang on. I'm going to read this. Hang on. I don't think I did my Bible thing yet. I got the Bible plan, you know, the U Bible, mm-hmm. U version. And I go, okay. And then I just reached over, grabbed my shoes, put on my shorts, and went down to the gym. Good for you. And uh, did it. And like when I'm in it, and I was listening to uh, some podcasts, you know, Carrie Newhoff, I think, this morning, I'm like, ah, I made the right choice. Yes. I made the right choice. You got to make choices against yourself. Got to be willing to take the, take the heat. And so you got to do the same thing with your children mm-hmm. and your relationships and your business. You know, because you're going to have employees that are like, hey, can we do this and this? And you go, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. But it's no, because we don't do that. That's not one of our core values. So when you take care of that guy's car, yes, you are going to wash the windshield and the back windshield and all the windows. And I know it takes an extra five minutes and we got an extra 10 cars in here at your lube place today. We're getting tires put on or whatever it is, Right. But this is our core value. Mm. So, yeah, you're going to wash all their windows. Yeah. Those it's just the way it is. make a big difference to me. It's like retail and anything. You can tell the people that really give a rip. You can tell. Well, you know, and, and, and with family, business, you know, just in life, I think the best lessons are often caught. 
and not yeah, taught. There you go. Right? We it's see really them. And it, and it just kind of becomes like, yeah. sometimes I go, how did my kids do that? And my wife and I'll talk. Wow. I'm like, we kind of modeled that. We're like, oh. Oh, we it was, did. It was kind of who we were. It wasn't like that we were intentional on that. It's like, that's who we were. Yeah, but you were so intentional. Yeah, but Rod, you were intentional in your own life. Yes. Like you and your wife made some decisions even before you had children. Yes. That you said, yeah, you know, we're going to pray together over stuff. Yes. Uh, we're going to, uh, I don't know, you know, have favorite scriptures as a couple. Mm. You know, you're actually going to be Christians. Yeah. Right? You didn't like, okay, you know, we're going to chill. We're going to just screw around for the first five years of our marriage. And then when we <laughs> then have we'll kids. Get, flip the switch. Yeah, we'll like <laughs> get our act together. <laughs> you know, and that's the way most of us live. We go, hey, when a crisis happens, then I'll get my act together. It's like the guy mm -hmm. says, yeah, I'll be back, yeah. pastor. I'll be back in church, you know, when, you know, eh, time is right. What he really means is right now I'm doing really well. And I just bought a boat and everything's good. But when the crap happens, mm. don't worry, I'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, just, just keep it on the back burner. Don't get, don't get too crazy. It's just, it's just like what we talked about, work, the workout thing. There's a certain point at which you will not be able to recover that 10 years. Mm. That's can a word you, for somebody right can now. You Somebody's thinking about going years? to the gym and you're not doing it, you need to go. Because you won't man. get that time back. And, he, and Rod's pointing at you I'm right now. pointing at the mic pointing right at to you. <laughs> <laughs> right now, he's pointing at you. And so, yeah. So why wouldn't you do that for your grandchildren? Yeah. And let's say you're single and you don't have grandchildren. Or let's say that you're a couple like some, like uh, one of my nieces, you know, and they're, they don't have children. They're, they're going to travel. They're going to do their business and that kind of thing. But you know what? They, I know they impact a lot of people in their church. Why wouldn't you do that for them? Why wouldn't you stay around longer just for your loved ones, hmm. the ones around you? Because, like, they're going to be, they just had a, a niece uh, born, or nephew, excuse me. And wouldn't they be, won't they be amazing as the uncle and aunt for that little nephew? And as he grows mm. up, and then the next ones they have, next ones they have. It's like, how cool will that be to be around for a long time? It's that value of the extended family, right? You're catching yeah. those lessons from uncle and from auntie and from next door neighbor and... I mean, we need my to be uncle Jim, the my uncle Jim Corbett was with. like that, just passed away in his 90s. And uh, man, he taught karate in the local YMCA to kids. Uh, there was a lot of stuff he did that people didn't even know. And as and as we got near the end of his life, and as he 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 started singing karaoke in his 70s. He got with a group of people <laughs> at a local place there in Massachusetts and. They all used to hang out. I can't remember if it was every Friday night. Hilarious. My Uncle Jim would be there. And, uh, dude, he could still he could still nail, you know, uh, Sinatra stuff in his 80s. That's great. And uh, so, so but the fact is he, he poured his life into other people. And so as we arrived at the end of his life and as we stood there and the priest came up and did a thing and then I shared and then there was a whole everybody talking about him and stuff. There were all these really special memories. And there were people that, that you could talk about how many dozens and dozens and dozens of people's lives were impacted because he was a man of his word. Because when he worked in real estate, <clears throat> people trusted him. When he worked in uh, IBM back in the day when, mm -hmm. the, when Boston was the center of, you know, when everything was starting with computerization. You know, he was a man of his word. He was a sales guy and people trusted him. And he was just that guy and he had that kind of reputation. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. Rather than, yeah, the guy had a really cool car 
yeah, he was kind of a jerk in business <laughs> or I couldn't trust him or I wouldn't have him be the guy who taught my children anything. Yeah. Do, do you remember, I think it was two years ago when Dak Prescott broke the internet without doing <laughs> football. And it was a, it was a just like they were getting ready to go to commercial, or whatever. And they showed Dak, and he's sitting on the sidelines, and he's drinking something out of like a little cup, little paper uh-huh. cup. And he throws it, and he misses the trash can. He went over and picked and it. And he up. went over and picked I it up. I remember that. Yeah, he and I, like I remember up. seeing that going. Oh, that's really cool. Like I think I called my son. I'm like, hey, buddy, come here and check this out. But then he that broke the internet because people yeah. are like, look at that. Look, yeah. man, he this guy like is so intense. He's so he's such a man of character. That's and there's those little okay. things that, think, with, that everybody's looking that. and he didn't even know. Did he, he didn't know the camera was on him, but think about that. He goes, nah, we'll pick that up. Dude, you know, right. you so know little, what that reminds so cool. me? It's a little thing. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, I'll see guys and I'll watch guys in a grocery store parking lot and they'll take the cart and then they'll walk over two aisles and up the aisle to get it into one of those little sleeves. You know, I know you're can, not watching me then. <laughs> I'm getting convicted right But you know now. where they can come with the little <laughs> yes. machine? Yes. Or like the other day, I was like, uh, I'm closer to the front door. So I walked it up to the front door and in. I thought, you know, it didn't take anything. Or I think of my friend Jürgen Mathesius, who has an amazing ministry to men at his church awaken out in San Diego. I remember he was convicted for an entire year. He cleaned every bathroom he went to, every public restaurant. Oh, goodness. Wow. He goes, I don't like it. He said, when I'm doing something, he said, and God's teaching me something. Mm. He said, because when I really begin to analyze it, it only took a minute or two to pick up the little pieces of paper, pick up the stuff, pick up the paper towels, the guys drop. He said, you know, I'm protecting myself, you know, hygienically and whatever. But he said, you know, kind of wipe off a little thing, a little thing there, a little this, that, make sure the toilets are flushed. It's like, he said, it only takes me a couple minutes. It's no big deal. Hmm. He says, no big deal. Or to appreciate the guy who's cleaning them if you're in a big space, like an airport or something. It's no big deal. Wow. He, said, I realized, he said, I realized that these character things really are not that big of a deal. We just let them go. Hmm. Hey, thanks for being with me on this uh, edition of um, Brave Men. It's been great. We're talking about the Christianing of America. And really what it comes back to, Rod, for you and me, is that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, and those men who are listening who are, and if you're not, this is a great time to say, you know what? Uh, and another Tim Kellerism is that, that, you're, that, we would, that we as ministers would help you understand and see that, that your story, the end of your storyline, Actually, if it comes into Christ, ends up being a positive experience. Mm. Okay, true. It's something like that. It's good anyway. Keller's always said stuff better, but the fact is, is that uh, if we're followers of Christ, it's the little things. So pick up the little things. Do the stuff we know to do. Make decisions against yourself. Mm. Don't be freaked out by what's happening in the culture or politics or the elections and all that. Go do the character thing you know to do. And if that's voting, do voting. If it's being involved in your local government, be involved. If it's showing up at church a half hour early to make sure stuff's set up right for the pastor, do that. Mm. What does he need? You know, if you're if you're not a pastor and you're listening right now, what does your pastor need? Do you actually know? Have you asked him? Dude, what do you need? Oh, you know, he's a good part of it's he'll have a bunch of different little things, but what does he actually need? It might be good to ask the second question. What do you actually need? Hmm. What would really help you be better at what you do? And it might be 
hey, the, the, you know, the Tuesday morning prayer with the men, I really need a couple core guys who will make that thing crank. Okay, I'll be there 6.30 every Tuesday Love morning. It. Love it. I'll be that guy. You know, so, um, so I think it's, it's that. It's those actions. If we're going to be brave men, if we're going to be men of our word, if we're going to be the man that we desire to be, the man our culture needs us to be, and the man that God designed us to be, it's those things. Mm. So, uh, you know, cmn.men is our website, cmn.men for tools and resources for discipleship, discipling your sons, discipling mm. your daughters, and uh, in your local church or parish, wherever you may be. Uh, we have tools and resources in 36 languages. So we can get stuff to you. Ukrainian, got it. Russian, we got it. Got, got it all sides fixed. Uh, you know, Farsi, we got it. You know, Urdu, got it. So, and we're working on the Indian languages. Arabic, got that coming up in a couple weeks. So fired up about that stuff. So thanks for being with us on Brave Men, which is sponsored by the Christian Men's Network and the Global Fatherhood Initiative. And uh, thank you. Oh, and there's a Brave Men email. It comes out three times a week. It's a motivational email. So you can go and see men.men, sign up for that with Brave Men. Thanks for uh, being with us, Rod Jones. My pleasure, sir. With thank an ES. You. It's like <laughs> normal Jones. Uh, but anyway, Rod Jones with Replenish Ministries. You guys are awesome. Love what you do. And uh, keep doing this stuff. Bless you, man. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.